What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 43, season 5. I'm your host, Jim Mikevone, joined, as always, by Jack Smith and Travis Ballinghoff. If you're watching us live on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and set an alert for future shows. If you're listening as a podcast, please make sure you're listening and subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, you can get notifications instantly for future episodes the minute we upload them. Uh, before we get started tonight, I want to pump our jersey giveaway one more time. Uh, our jersey raffle. Um, we have multiple jerseys for you guys to choose from if you win. And as I said, it'll be a raffle. We'll raffle the jersey off on the last show of the month, which will likely be Monday, August 28th. If anything changes, we will let you know. And the, uh, the jersey's not Michael Raffle, right? No, it's not. It's not Michael Raffle. No. Although that wouldn't be a, that'd be kind of cool. I would I would take a raffle jersey. Would you? Yep. I mean, it was I mean, if it's theme. If it's free, I'll take anything. <laughs> um, how do you <laughs> yeah. obtain raffle tickets? You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Gets you four tickets at Flyers HW if you want to look it up now. Um, subscribe to our podcast on Apple. I'm sorry, um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Gets you four tickets. Just search High and Wide Radio. Uh, or share the tweet, the original tweet on Twitter. Uh, gets you two tickets at Flyers HW is, is where you can find the tweet. Uh, or you can you can buy 10 tickets for five bucks, make a payment to our Venmo at Flyers HW. Of course, if you do all that, you have a total of 20 tickets to enter into the raffle, Not which, bad. which we'll do on. Yeah, it's pretty good. August 28th. Um, t- if, if you do these things, take a screenshot, tag us on the, on the post on Twitter, and uh, that kind of enters you in. It solidifies your raffle tickets. So, yeah, secure your tickets. It'll be fun. We want to give these away. We want to make it a cool thing. So, obviously, we have all these links in one place at hoo.be forward slash hwhockey. Make sure you guys favorite that link and, uh, and sign up. All right, boys. Uh, Topic-filled week. Um, we have the Fido watch the, or Fedo watch. Fedo. Fredo. Fredo watch Fredo to some, and we'll get to that. We have Alex bump has found a new team or a new college to attend in the fall. And we are going to have our good friend, Bill Meltzer on to talk about Morgan frost amongst other things between eight 15 and eight 30. Uh, we'll talk some goalie situation and some breakout candidates along with maybe some of the flyers uh, roster for next season. So topic filled, let's get to topic number one. Hopefully this comes to an end soon because I got to be honest with you guys. And I kind of got the same vibe from you guys in the, in the, you know, we're talking about topics before the show. I'm kind of tired talking about Ivan Fedotov. (laughs) I'm just tired. At this point, I'm tired of saying the name, whether I'm saying it right or wrong. I just, if you're going to come over, come over. If you're going to, if you want to play in Russia, just say it. And it, end it for everybody. Right? Like I would rather, we could talk about anything else. But we have to talk about the Fido Watch or Fedo Watch. Um, did you guys see the article that came out today from the IIHF? Yes. You get the gist of it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so for the listeners, just in case, uh, I'm sure our listeners have seen it already, very highly educated audience that we have, uh, based on evidence provided by the IIHF, by the involved parties, the IIHF has determined that Ivan Fedotov has a valid NHL contract with the Philadelphia Flyers for the 2022, I'm sorry, 2023-2024 season. Accordingly, the IIHF has determined that 
Fedotov was in breach of a professional player contract per some article that they have in their international transfer regulations when he signed a contract with CSKA Hockey Club for this upcoming season. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, let me finish this next paragraph and then we can discuss here. In accordance with whatever article, the IIHF international transfer regulations, Fedotov was given two weeks to either go back to his former club, Philadelphia, or obtain a release from his former club. As neither action occurred within the given period, the IIHF has imposed the following sporting sanctions on Fedotov. Uh, and he's suspended basically for four months from official national and international games during the playing periods. The suspension takes effect on September 1st, 2023, uh, which is the first CSKA regular season game and concludes on December 31st, 2023. So he's just, he can't play any games in Russia for four months. He's suspended right now officially. The only way he gets around that is if he comes over and plays for the Flyers. What, I, I'm curious to hear your guys' take on this. We'll get start with Jack here first. What do you make of this, Jack? I guess it's who's forgetting him here. Is it as simple as that? He can't play there. He can come here. Is that what we're being told? That's, because that's yeah. way too easy for everything we've been through. Um, I hope that's the case, and I hope he's in training. And finally get rolling. So fingers crossed. That's exactly what we get from that. Yeah, uh, it's. If all of that, I mean, that has to be the truth. That's that's from the IAHF. It's not from you know, it's not from media here. It's definitely not from anybody in the KHL. Trav, your thoughts on the situation? Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you guys. I'm really tired of talking about this guy, but um, I I've kind of had this opinion the whole time. Like, if he wants to play in the NHL, I hope he's given that opportunity. If he wants to stay over in Russia, then you could just stay over there. We got a lot of goalies in the pipeline. Maybe we don't need this guy anymore. But, you know, going back a year ago, I thought this guy was a pretty interesting prospect that I was looking forward to seeing play. Um, sounds now, you know, he really wasn't playing much hockey over the last year. He's kind of out of shape from things that I'm reading on Twitter. So maybe it's not the best thing for him to come play in the NHL. Um He's on an entry-level deal, so I imagine he can go play for the Phantoms without anything crazy going on there. But um, it, it, it is interesting, and I have seen some people say, like, oh, well, if he's so out of, uh, out of shape, like, why don't we um, just go lend him, you know, back to his old club? Well, I, it seems like they've gone through a lot of troubles to try and get him here, and I think I've said on the show for a couple of months, like, this front office was actually pretty confident um, a couple of months ago, I heard that this guy was going to be able to come over eventually. So maybe he does want to play over here. If that's the case, hopefully he does. And hopefully it works out for the Flyers. For sure. Uh, I didn't mean to sound insensitive. I hope whatever he wants, like he, he's, he's supposedly a free man. Whatever he wants to do, I hope that he gets, he does because he's earned it. You know, he's, he wants to be a professional hockey player. If he wants to play in the NHL, make that happen. If he wants to stay in the KHL genuinely, just make it known yep. so, that, so that we can end this. My God. So I saw an interesting point on Twitter that maybe there's a game being played here because let's face it, Michkov is the gem 
that the Flyers currently have over there. Obviously, they have another goalie in Kolosov, the Belarusian. Uh, but Michkov is the guy that, you know, that down the road, Flyers may have to worry about. Now, they play for different teams. Both, I believe, are military. And uh, Michkov plays for, is it Sochi or, or is uh, St. Petersburg? I think it's St. Petersburg, correct? I, th- I thought so, too, yeah. Um, so maybe they're trying to play a game here. Um, like, okay, like we're going to go through all the right things. I, I don't know. Do you, do you guys think the Flyers are trying to maneuver anything here for down the line? Um, or how do you think they should be playing this, Jack? Is there another card that they should be playing or just go by the rules and, and hope it hope the right, you know, hope the right things happen. I mean, I hate to say, but there, if there's a way they can use this as a bargaining chip to eventually ease up a pathway for Michkov to come over earlier or just at all, then I'm sorry, but a seventh round goalie who we've barely seen play and is more of a myth than he is a, you know, a person. Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to try to get him over here. He's only got a year left on his deal. It out, which I appreciate the comment. Um, so they're probably going to see what they have. He's concerned. Well, since he tried there earlier, I would assume unless, you know, there's things going on behind closed doors that we're not privy to, I would assume he want to come to the best league in the world. And even if he starts Phantoms, that you're, you know, whatever, whatever you that situation to get away from that, to actually continue your career and have a chance at anything get to the states as fast as possible. I would be absolutely surprised and I wouldn't believe it to be honest if he came out and said I want to stay here I've been like well who pulling those strings I, I would honestly not believe it at the if it, at the end of the day it was wrong so be it but I would not believe it if everything we've been through after what he did beforehand to get himself in trouble I do not believe that he would not want to come here as soon as possible he's how old now like he was drafted what year like he's got to get rolling yeah, you know, like I know goalies get like you know more time and whatnot, but also want to make money too. So he's gonna want to put so much invested a hell of a lot of time into this guy and um, news, I guess you know. So like, let's just get him here, see what we have. Now's the time. I, there's guys I already like in this year, but it's goaltending we're talking about. So get him out here, lend him if he's worth a damn. He plays for the um, for the Phantoms and what we have. I mean, this is why we talk this every week because we want to see what he is. So I don't care if he's out of shape. Figure it out. Get here. Or we'll work with you. Yeah, that's kind of the way I was leaning as well. Like, I guess it was last spring or last summer. Like the guy wanted to come play in the NHL. The guy didn't get drugged and forced into the military for nothing. He wanted to come over to the NHL. So if he still has that. Uh, that feeling and them thoughts, like I don't know. I kind of hope we get them over here. But as far as the whole Mitchkov thing, I I don't know. I don't know if it's too soon to worry about that. I lean yes, it is a little too early. But at the same time, like can't really trust them guys. No, that's a good point. So I bring that up because I saw a point on Twitter that said it almost kind of, and I could be wrong, but this is how the point looked to me. It said, you know what? Maybe the Flyers should do them a favor and let them have this player so that down the line, when it's time to bring Meechkov over, it's like, Hey, you know, 
you owe us him now. And I did. I did see a tweet um, earlier today from our guest tonight, Bill Meltzer, and someone asked him the question, and he said the two shouldn't be correlated, and um, the two teams over in the KHL are actually rivals. So right. I don't know. I, I didn't agree with that take at all. Um, I, I don't think you do the KHL any favors, especially when maybe not the KHL as a, as a whole as opposed to this team. You're not in the wrong. The Flyers are not in the wrong with any of this. They did things the right way. Don't cut any favors because down the line, the KHL is not going to be doing the NHL any favors. Dude. Like, let's get down to Like, these are rival leagues, right? Like, uh, I'm not doing the KHL no favors. Fiedetov's property of the Philadelphia Flyers. You drafted him. He's got a contract of Philadelphia. He's supposed to be here, mm-hmm. right? Michkov drafted by the Philadelphia Flyers. His contract's up in three years. He's coming to the Flyers. That's how it's got to be, unless somehow he signs another contract over there. I, I don't think you give the KHL or these teams any uh, good faith. Do shit by the rules. They're the rules for a reason. And that's all. If you're going to have rules and you're not going to obey them, why have them? Mm-hmm. I guess is my, my perspective there. Because um, once, once you start bending rules, now you can, you can bend other things. People who don't follow the rules to begin with, are not going to magically say, oh, yeah, here you go. Like, you were nice to us. No. These, these are not ethical. I don't want to speak of uh, Russians as a whole here, but the people who are in charge of this, this hockey club are not doing things in good faith. They're trying to keep a player over there that should be in Philadelphia. Don't do them any favors. That, that was such a silly opinion in my, for, for me. Um, so I just wanted to get that out there. Um. Bill should be joining us any minute here, but there was uh, news about a Flyers prospect earlier today, Mr. Alex Bumpin. Uh, Trav, I think you were, you had your ear a little bit more uh, to the ground in terms of knowing what was going on with this than I did. So you kind of want to refresh uh, the Alex Bump story there? Yeah, I guess um, the coach was fired. Um, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but um, he was given permission to look for another team and, that's what he did. Yeah, and we'll get to, to Alex Bump in just a second. Uh, our guest has popped in, Mr. Bill Meltzer. Bill, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Hey, we're good, doing okay. We, uh, we're, you know, we're talking Fedotov. We're talking Alex Bump. We're, you know, we're down to our August topics. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah dog, dog days of the summer. Yeah. How's your summer been, Bill? It's, it's been good. Uh, I'm up back in, in Philly ahead of training camp right now. Um, the Flyers Alumni's Fantasy Camp uh, starts this weekend. So so back here, uh, appreciating nicer weather. It's rained a bit, but, you know, in Texas, there's been, been a whole string of about 45, 45 days in a row, over 100 degrees, uh, <laughs> as high as 110. So I'll, I'll take some rain. This is cool for you down here, then, high yeah. 80s, low 90s. It's like yeah. fall for you, huh? Um, all right, so so let's get into it a little bit. We're as we mentioned, middle of August, and uh, Morgan Frost is not signed yet. Um, we all know that you you know you're one of his bigger advocates. You're one of his biggest supporters. It seems like. Um, can you kind of uh, tell us maybe what's going on with with the Frost uh, situation? Is he eventually going to sign, or, or what's the holdup here? Yeah, I'd be shocked if he's not in camp on day one. Um, not totally surprised that that we're sitting 
getting to the middle of August. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting around Labor Day saying, when is it going to get done? Mm. Um, but, but I expect it to be done ahead of camp. Um, I mean, the, I think they'll ultimately come to some kind of a compromise. I think more likely on a one, another one year deal and uh, then figure it out again next off season. You know, the, the complication here is that Morgan's season last year was, was basically two seasons. You know, was, there was the first 27 games where uh, he spent a stretch on the fourth line. He was scratched a game. Uh, I think he only had five or six points in, the, in those first 27 games. And then over the final 55 games, he led the team in scoring. So which which season do you, you pay him based on? Right. Um, at some point, they're at some point they'll they'll come they'll come to the number they agree on. But that I think is what makes a, a multi year deal kind of tough. And even going in, you didn't want to do a three year deal because that walks them right to being an unrestricted free agent. So you're looking at two or four with with a one year deal kind of being, you know, the the compromise where I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna end up. Uh, and then next off season, you go through it again where he's potentially eligible for arbitration. Um, so if he has, he has a big year, then that could be a very interesting negotiation. I, I, it, it'll work out. It'll work out at some point, but you know, it, it's just, uh, I think it's newsworthy because he's the last guy who's unsigned. Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering this and, and maybe you kind of just answered it. Was he not eligible for arbitration this summer? He, he was not eligible for arbitration in the summer, yeah. Uh, if you remember that when he was on his uh, entry-level deal, um, he missed a year. He missed a whole year um, oh, with the yeah. shoulder surgery. And the year before that, because of COVID, the season stopped in March. Wow. So he didn't have enough games in to uh, – although, although he was a restricted free agent, uh, he was a, what they call a 1002C. So in other words, he wasn't eligible for an offer sheet from another team. He could only sign with the Flyers this past summer. Um, and so he's kind of, for those purposes, a, a first time restricted free agent, which means he didn't have arbitration rights, but, but he would next off season. So if he signed a one-year deal, would he be uh, arbitration eligible next season? He would next, okay. next, next summer. He would be. Yes. Interesting. He's had one of the, the most weirdest paths to where he is now. Hasn't he? Like we had the COVID and he had the injury year and yeah, uh, it's just been so, so weird. He, ha- he finally had some consistency last year playing for the Flyers for the entire year. Uh, obviously, first time under John Tortorella, new coach, uh, adjustment period, first couple months, same for any player, but, uh, you know, especially a guy like Frost, because let's let's be honest, last year was his, his first year where you knew he was going to be with the Flyers, right? There was not going to be any bouncing back and forth. And uh, I think, like you mentioned, Billy, he – finally caught on at some point in the season and you know he scored he had two four-point games right uh against phoenix but still a four-point game in the nhl uh i guess his side maybe wants a longer deal or is he doing or or you think that they're looking for a one-year deal as well sort of like approve it and maybe they're just not coming to terms on a number i i think that um yeah, I, I think that the player will bet on himself ultimately, but I like that. I mean, I, I think that the, I think probably the uh, starting point was we'll go two years, but but what number do you arrive at for two years? Because right. when you do that, a piece of that is based upon past performance, but it's also projecting 
what he's going to do in upcoming seasons. Um, you know, with, with uh, last season, really, to me, it was, it was a matter of two things, opportunity and confidence. And, yeah. and Morgan was not the most self-confident player until he tasted some success. And then he just, you know, and then he knew if he, he screwed a play up, had a turnover, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever Torts had to say about him over the season, the bottom line is he kept sending him over the boards for his next shift. Yep. And, you know, so once they, once they moved him up in the lineup at the end of November, beginning of December, you know, he, he played pretty regularly after that. And that's, that's really all a player can ask for is that opportunity. And then when he had some success and he had the two four point games. Yeah. But I mean, you know, he, I mean, over, overall, he led the team in scoring, led them in assists, led them in, in even strength scoring. Um, Cause he didn't, didn't, you know, the, the team as a whole was pretty bad in the power play. But if you, if you bring Morgan season, almost all of his production was even strength. So he actually had a lot of even strength points. If he would have had even kind of semi-normal power play production, you know, yeah. you're looking at 55, 60 points. So, yeah. uh, and a good power, in a, in a good power play. But, yeah. um, so that's, that's kind of all those things are they're sorting out. Okay. Well, he, he struggled for a time. There, there are still areas where they'd like to see a little bit more consistency where he still has room to grow. That, that takes time to, to come to a number. Um, the next step, I think, is one side or the other has to move. One side or other has to come back and, and exchange a new and put a, put a new number forward, and then the other side will counter, and that's when they'll come to an agreement. Uh, as far as I as far as I understand, there there has not been at least as the last I heard, which is now a, a week or two ago, there hadn't been any new numbers exchanged since, since early in the off season. So, hmm. so um, you know, sometimes teams have to feel that urgency. When camp is around the corner, there is that urgency. So if, you know, I think once you get to Labor Day and certainly any time after Labor Day, especially as players start to report early, which happens every every year. Um, but Morgan did spend some time in Voorhees this summer. But, you know, obviously he's not going to report without a contract. I, th- I think as guys start coming in, he's going to feel some urgency. Um, Flyers are still pretty thin at center. They need him. He, he needs to get going and to have a good season. So I, I think that, that when that, that sense of, okay, we need to get something done kicks in is, is when you'll see it. Saw that with uh, Konechny in 2019. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I wanted yeah. to ask you a little bit, and hopefully this is in the past and we don't have to worry about this anymore, but you mentioned Morgan Frost's usage. And nothing against any of these players, but a couple years ago he was playing with Mayhew and Willman. This this past season we saw him play with Delorier and McEwen, and you look at a guy like Frost and like – I don't really see him producing in that kind of role. It's kind of like the chicken or the egg. Excuse me. Like, um, do we give a guy the ice time who has the skill like Frost does, or do we put him on a fourth line role and really make him earn that ice time in a role that he might not produce in? Like, I'm curious where you kind of stand on that. Well, I I mean, I think that ultimately – now, I go back to I go back to something a famous quote by Fred Shiro. When, when in doubt, there's a Fred Shiro quote for it. <laughs> um, you know, Fred Shiro. Fred Shiro used to say that uh, if I don't put a player in position to succeed, where he's able to, to do what he does best, and he fails, that's on the coach. If I give the player the opportunity, a skill guy put, put him on the power play, a physical guy put him on a checking line, whatever the case might be, and he do, and he doesn't take advantage of that opportunity, then that's on the player. So I think, I think there's a, 
shared thing in this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Morgan did have short stretches with, with skill around them uh, previously. And, and I mean, honestly, he, he showed, he showed some hints of producing, um, you know, they never really stuck with it though. Uh, mm-hmm. his, his longest stretch, as you said, um, season before last was uh, it, it was with, was it was with Mayhew, I believe, and, and yeah. with uh, Max Wilman mm-hmm. were his his most regular linemates the season before. And no, you know, no offense to those guys who, who are talented hockey players and very good American League guys, but those aren't those aren't the kind of linemates that that uh, you know are are going to be conducive to producing regularly, particularly if you're getting the I think the eleventh most power play time. Not not this past season, but the season before that. That's hard. That's hard. And uh, this year. This year, when he had that stretch of ten games, where he only had one point during those ten games, um, you know, he's playing eight to ten minutes on the fourth line and no power play time. That's hard on any player. Um, but you know, it, it's also, but it's also, you know, there are things the coaches want to see you do more right. consistently. With um, the case of season before last, uh, you know, he, he heard over and over, and, it, and he knew it, but I think he, he needed to just commit to it. Um, was about moving his feet more consistently. I think he did that this year. And but there's also you add to those the thing the things that Torts wants, right? Uh, making defensive plays out of the corner, for example. Um, being making sure that that uh, well, also keeping his feet moving early in the season, um, making sure he gets sufficient puck touches. Those those kind of things, you know, the things that you want to see from from a guy who's going to play on the, the upper end of the lineup. And it, it took some time, and he started doing that. So I, I think the best answer to that is that there, there's a bit of a shared responsibility to that. But I, I, I will, I, you know, I, I've said this numerous times to many people that I do think usage was a part of what held down his production until he got that that extended opportunity with guys like Tippett last year. Yeah, I agree with you. For sure. Uh, okay, so we have a couple other questions outside of Frost. Uh, Trav and Jack, you want to fire away there? I'll start us off. Um, I guess camps in hopefully five weeks. Um, any young guys you could see making a push for the opening night roster that maybe fans aren't looking at right now? I, I think there. I think there's a few. Um, you know, the the big names out there. Obviously, Forster probably has a really good shot at opening season with the team. Um, you know, uh, I'm really curious to see how, you now he's at NHL or at this point, but but to see, can Wade Allison stay healthy, right? Does he have a spot in the top 12? Because right now, if you look at the numbers, he might be number 13 on, on the forward depth chart. Um, I'll have something to say about that, you know, with, with his play. Um, in, term, in terms of guys that maybe are a little under the radar, um, you know, Bobby Brink had the hip surgery last year and missed the first half of the season. And when he when he came back to the Phantoms in the second half, I'd say it took him until late in the season to start looking like himself again. Um, so while while he's not waiver eligible this season, he's waiver exempt for one more year. So they can send him down to the Phantoms without worrying about getting through waivers. You know, he, he has a skill level where if he has a big camp, he could end up on, on the opening night roster. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to just I don't want to just write off a player with his skill level. Um, you know, Ronnie Adder 
is uh, he's also waiver exempt this year. And while I think the odds right now favor him going back to the Phantoms, the organization likes him. I mean, they you know they brought him right to the NHL from from college hockey. Burn the end, burn that first year as you have to do with uh, when you when you sign college players. Had an All Star season in the American League. Still working on some defensive things, but he but he's getting there. Uh, I, I wouldn't write him off yet as, as as not having a shot at the opening night roster. Um, he, he's competing with guys like Andre. He's competing, um, maybe guy Yinning. Um, you know, cer- certainly with Zamula, who who would have to go through waivers to go down to the Phantoms. So I, I think that I think there's an open competition going in. And the, the last thing I'll put out: sometimes you have guys who, um, you know, well, actually, I'll, I'll put one more out first. Uh, uh, Elliot Denoyer being an example of a guy. Hey, you know what? He, he led the Phantoms in scoring last year as a rookie. He's a two-way player, um, held his own, I think, in in, uh, in most of the four games he played in the NHL last year. Uh, can play down in the lineup if you need that, be a penalty-killing speed guy. I think he'll see NHL games this year, whether it's at the start of the season or not. Remains to be seen. But as, as a second-year pro, maybe he starts with the Phantoms. But I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's a lock. I, I'd say that he has... He has a shot going in. Uh, and the last name I'll put out there is Oli Lixell, is a guy really under the radar. He has a history of being a fast starter, and he had a great camp last year and didn't miss the, didn't miss the roster by, by much. He was one of the last guys to get cut. Um, and if he does, does that again, you, you, know, you never know. Uh, has a good camp, there's an injury or two, then all of a sudden maybe he's in the mix, for at least, at least for opening night. You mentioned Emil Andre. Um, we had the conversation last week, and we couldn't find a straight answer. If he gets cut and doesn't make the opening night roster, does he have to go back to Sweden, or he can he go to the AHL? Okay, so um, there's a transfer agreement between the NHL and the Swedish Hockey Federation. Okay. Um, there was a new transfer agreement that was signed in, in 2022, so some of the rules changed last year um and if a player is a first round pick then you can send him up and down between the nhl and the ahl uh, as off you know as many times as you can as long as these these waiver exempt so um now andre was a second round pick so he falls under the other set of rules um so as the as the way the new rules are his swedish team hv71 would have the the final say on if he's not in the NHL, the NHL always takes priority. Mm-hmm. But if they, the Flyers want to send him to the Phantoms, they have uh, his Swedish team has the say of, okay, we want him back for the season, or you know, or or you can make a you know, or, or you can come to some kind of agreement that they'll loan him to to the Phantoms for the year. Um, so the rules say he he would have to go back to Sweden, but the but it also there's wiggle room to to make some kind of a deal okay. if the team two sides are agreeable to that. Um, and if, you know, and the Flyers say to the Swedish team, listen, you know, he might not be ready to start the season in the NHL, but we think he can be ready by November, December. You know, I don't think they'd stand in his way. But if they go, you know, he might need another year. We'd like him in the American League. You know, the Swedish team might go, well, you know, we need we need him too, and we'd like him here this season. So I, I think that um, that all remains to be seen, how, how it goes in camp. Uh, I would say that if he doesn't make the team, I would say it's, about 70-30 that he does go back to Sweden, but it, but it's not set in stone. Interesting. 
Uh, last one I have for you. Um, as of today, Carter Hart's on the team. He hasn't been traded. He's the number one goalie on your depth chart. Uh, who would you say is number two? Well, uh, good, good question. If, if they, uh, you know, some of it depends on Fedotov, how, how all that shakes out. Um, when the Flyers extended Urson's deal for two seasons, you know, it wasn't solely because uh, of this season. Some of it's also a commitment to him saying, you know, regardless of where you play this season, we like you. We see we was a guy who's going to have an NHL career, be part of our plans. We're extending, we're extending you now with kind of a show of good faith. And you know, if if the season's not right now, where where Fedotov is still up in the air, and who the heck knows where he's going? Um, then then I would say Erson is number two. Uh, I think Peterson is is going to have going to have to either significantly outplay Erson, um, or just have a real good bounce back in the, in the American League. Um, you can't bury his whole contract. At $5 million, you can only bury about the, I think 1.1 million of it in the American League, and the rest is still going to count against your cap. You know, Peterson's in a lot of ways playing for his career. He, he has two years signed, but if he has a, a year this year, like his last two have been, he's a buyout candidate next year, and, and you just, you know, you get to take the one year of cap relief and you eat whatever the remainder is in, in the other year. But, you know, that, that's a guy who wants to get back in the league. He's still relatively young at 28, but he's got a little bit, you know, he's got a lot to prove too. He's, he's got a little bit of an uphill battle. He wasn't even that good in the American League mm-hmm. last year with Ontario. So uh, I think that, that he's got a lot to show. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, Felix Sandstrom had his opportunity last year. That was his time to shine. And Felix was prone to that one bad goal and had no goal support either. That didn't help either because it, it felt like he'd make you let one bad one in and they'd lose three to two or they'd lose four to three or, or whatever the case might be. Um, wins were really hard for Felix to come by last year. Um, but that, that was this time where Urson was coming off of injury, you know, where there, there wasn't an, there wasn't a veteran he was really competing with. He had the, he had the backup job to heart most of the year. Um, except for the, except for when he he went down, needed some conditioning time and, and whatnot. So right now, Felix has a, a real uphill battle on his hands. And if if Fedotov comes over, I wonder if they don't they don't agree to some kind of termination where he could go back to Europe for the year, uh, or, or deal into to an organization that you know where he might have a role. Um, I mean, the Flyers were reluctant about waiving him last year. Um, they may have been concerned that Pittsburgh would claim him. Um, well, and Ron Hexel was a GM there because Hexie had brought in guys who, uh, you know, he originally drafted in Philly, uh, like like Mark Friedman is an example. Um, so they weren't just going to give him away for nothing. They wanted to wanted to give him a, wanted to give him a chance. But I, I think that I think in, in the group of four, if you exclude Fedotov, Felix right now is, is the uh, you know is the number four guy in that mix behind behind uh, Hart, Urson, and Peterson. Um, Fedotov coming over. Uh, if he were to come over now, he's missed a full year. Um, you know, if he came with the flyers, he wouldn't have to miss additional time. Only if he goes to the KHL, would he miss another half of a season? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that, that's part of the thought process too. Uh, as hard as it is for a player in his prime to miss a year, to miss a year and a half is, is hard, you know, real, really hard. A position like goalie, I haven't played any competitive hockey. 
So, but I, I think Fedotov might go do some conditioning time. Yeah, you know, if he were to make the team, just get him some starts in the American League. And you don't, you know, we'll we'll see what hap- happens with Carter. But ultimately, you know, hopefully by fairly early in the season, if he were to start playing now, uh, Fedotov could be ready. But but he's uh, he's a question mark about his availability still. So I think you set him aside and you go, you know, right now you're, you're thinking Urson, Peterson, Sandstrom's the backups. Right on. Uh, Bill, I don't want to hold you for too long, uh, but I just wanted to ask more so about Allison's game, uh, everything we've seen from him and what we've liked about him in the past. He seems like a different player. Now, do you, do, what do you, what is your analysis on that? Is he worried that his typical way of playing will get him hurt and out of the lineup and that'll ultimately lead to him maybe not being able to stick with the team and that's affected his game? Where do you stand with him? Uh, I mean, I, I think that – with Wade, uh, I mean, all, the injuries are always in the back of your mind. You know, I, I, I think the biggest adjustment with him, and, and he had go-rounds with Torts about it last year. You know, and, and you've seen seen Wade with, with the Phantoms and, and even before that with the Flyers. You know, he, he likes to try some East-West plays. And, uh, you know, and, and not just be a north-south grind along the boards guy. And and towards his towards his insistent drill line, he said, "You you know you'll east west yourself right out of my lineup." So, you know, so players not going to win that. You know, he he had to adjust to playing north south and along the walls. And I thought that once he finally got somewhat healthy, you know, he did that pretty effectively. Um, he goes to the net well. You know, he he has the grit, the the physical side to his game. Um, I mean, really, it's just been it's just been so hard for him to stay in the lineup, and you know he's he's uh, in his mid twenties now. You know he's he's not a kid anymore. Um, so I think that right now, if you were to, to pencil a lineup, you know, if everybody's healthy, which is rarely the case, or there's always injuries. Uh, assuming Forster does make the team, I think right now Wade is your your number thirteen forward as a winger. I think there might be a you know, there might be some wiggle room and fourth line center if Paling doesn't come in and do what he's supposed to do. Then suddenly, suddenly that could open the door for you know a guy like Denoyer maybe to do they like as a center. But uh, but Wade is strictly a winger um, and more naturally plays on the right side. Um, they're a little overload on the right side, so I, I think that I think it comes down to pleasing Torts. You know, playing the way Torts wants him to play. Which he's shown he can do, and um, eventually those those things work themselves out. He just, he just needs to avoid, you know, just just running himself into the stanchion or hurting his knee again. Or you know, some, sometimes sometimes Wade's been his worst enemy, playing a little out of control, <laughs> and then and other times it's just been sheer bad luck. I mean, dude has had just awful luck uh, injury wise. So you know, but but. Any which way you slice it, he has to stay healthy. Show show he can be relied on the lineup, and he's not going to be out for six weeks twice a season. And if he can do that, then I think then I think there, there may be a role for him. What he does, the things he does well, there's not a lot of guys who do on the team that helps him. Um, still can score, still can go to the net a little bit, and, and offer those things too. But uh, you know, I, I think that that. He doesn't. He doesn't come to camp 
with a you know with a job to lose, he has he has to win a job still. So I, I think that uh, you know he, he's a little bit on the bubble. So there, we're net mentioning a couple of names of these guys have been around for a little bit as prospects, haven't really broken through to prove their NHL regulars. Um, we're also a young rebuilding team. We're adding more and more names. Is there anybody that you're starting to think like they might not have a future here? Um, it might be a little early on some of these guys, but Allison was a good example. He still got something to prove. Guys like Zamula, yeah. guys like uh, Ginning, like guys like that. Are, you, are we starting to? Are these new prospects starting to push these guys aside in a sense? And maybe this year might be the last year for them to make an Im- impression on the uh, front office, the new front office. Well, I, I'm getting is a little bit of an exception because he kind of came to the Phantoms last year, although he was a second round pick originally. Well, not a lot of expectations, and he, he had a surprisingly good year as a, as a defensive defenseman. Um, I still personally think he needs to get a little bit better with the puck to, to have an NHL job. The, one of the Flyers' biggest needs, besides the you know the defensive coverage side of it, um, is moving the puck. They have to move the puck better. And I, that's an area where I think he still has room to get better. Um, Long term... If he if he can do that to a moderate degree, I think there might be a third pairing role for him. If not this season, then the following season. But there's there's not a ton of runway either because it wasn't like he was just picked a year ago, you know. So I, I think that I, I think that they liked what they saw last year. But if he has a future, I think he's going to have to build on a little bit further. So there, there's not a ton of time left, uh, you know, with him. Zamula, as you mentioned, I mean he he's waiver eligible this year. Um, Flyers originally signed him as an undrafted free, rookie free agent. So that, you know, that, but he, but he's had a number of years here where, you know, where he's had, and he's had some looks in the NHL and at times it looked like he belongs. Other times, other times I, I think he's still been a little in over his head. I, I so I think this, it has to be this year and, and it had, and he has to start showing it quickly, which, I don't know if that's entirely fair because he is coming off of his, another surgery, but coming off his, you know, but he doesn't, have, he doesn't have the luxury of time. He, he has to show something, you know, pretty quickly here. Uh, Tanner Lezinski is another one who hmm. he said, just rot, talk about rotten luck with injuries. He had one hip and then the other hip. Right. And, and then, uh, but he certainly did not impress towards last year towards really, he was pretty deep in towards his doghouse not too deep, not too far into the season and never really got out of there. Um, I think he might benefit from a change of scenery. I don't know that, uh, you know, that, that there's a, a spot for him right now, barring injuries or barring a big camp. Um, so uh, Tanner would be a guy I put in the now or never category. Um, you know, guys, guys can show things in spells and then, you know, things change the next camp. If you remember last year going into camp, um, Isaac Radcliffe had had that 10-game stretch in the NHL the year before, and he didn't look bad. Um, then he had just, just an awful and, and kind of short camp last year. Lo and, you know, lo and behold, he, he's a, a scratch, Lehigh, Lehigh Valley. Then, you know, they move him in, in a minor trade. Uh, I, I think that, that um, you know, Lozinski is kind of, teetering on that too i think uh if he doesn't get moving quickly then, then i think he moves on 
It's yeah. almost a shame for Lazinski too, because he, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. And I think he's a guy that we were rooting for. He was nice enough to hop on our show last summer. Super, super nice guy. And uh, we forget to mention him, I think, when, we, when we're looking at the Flyers roster these days. We, we forget Tanner Lazinski. And uh, I think that you're right. He might need uh, a change of scenery, unfortunately, because, like I mentioned, he is such a nice guy. Nice, nice guy and physically strong. And he, yeah. he can play wing. He can play center. Um you know he has he has actually pretty decent touch too, yep. decent hands. Um, you know, and and that's a guy who I thought when he he left college was pretty darn close to being NHL ready. Um, and then he just you know although he's done at the American League level, has not done at the NHL level. And then there's the you know when you have when you have back to back hip injuries like that where, where yeah. you have torn labrums on both sides, you're talking about at least a full year. To be back to yourself, especially when when they happen in, in short order, you injure one, you're rehabbing that one, then you tear the other one. That, that, that's tough, and that's that's why that's why when you when you look at player development, you know there's there's the drafting side and there's the development side, and while they they overlap to a degree, they're also separate to a large degree too. And um, you know he he's been th- things like injuries can really can really set back a guy's development. Um, you know, just, just a guy to say another example, uh, Gammon Rubsov. Now, maybe Rubsov was never a player who was going to develop. I don't know that. I don't know that. But, you know, that's a guy who came over from the Russian junior level to the to the queue and uh, was doing well. But he, he played in the World Juniors and he broke his nose and he had a concussion. And, and then he had, uh, I believe, a wrist injury. And then he goes to the Phantoms and, and he has – uh, 10 points in his first 13 pro games. Then he has a shoulder injury that knocks him out for the full year. Uh, a month into his second pro year, he has another shoulder injury. And then he had a wrist surgery after that, and he's never developed. Now, how much of that was injuries and how much of that was he was never going to develop? We'll never know that. No. But but things like that can really throw a player's development for a loop, and, and a lot of guys never bounce back from it. And, and you, can't, you can't predict that when you draft them unless, unless they have an injury history. Absolutely. And I'll just throw one more name out there just out of curiosity who could be along those lines. Um, maybe not so much injury, just a lot of people were high on Zade wisdom and where is he, uh, wh- what's going on with him? Big, big year for Wade, uh, for Zade rather. Uh, Zade, you know, he, he finished last, he spent a significant chunk of last year in the ECHL level. Um, another guy, he had, he had a shoulder surgery, uh, the year before that. And, um, you know, there, there's a way he has to play. He's a guy who has to push the envelope, be very physical, you know, get to the net and, and deflect pucks in and collect, collect rebound kind of goals. And, um, you know, you can't really go by what he did with the Phantoms during the COVID year because that wasn't really the American League. That was really a watered-down American League. Um, a lot of guys who were in junior hockey, but also a lot of guys who are pretty good AHL guys were on the taxi squad that year. So – he, he was competing and succeeding against kind of a little lower, little lower grade of competition than you typically see in the American League. Um, and then he had the shoulder surgery, and then came back and had a good, good playoff run before he turned pro. Really, never got going last year um, with the Phantoms. So going to the ECHL gave him some more ice time. You know, th- there are guys who've gone down to the ECHL though, and. and Made it work for them. Um, Ruslan Fedotenko went on to a very long NHL career 
after not clicking at first with the Phantoms, going to the ECHL, uh, dominating at that level, and springboarding back to the American League, to the NHL, and then never really never went back down again. Um, so, you know, it's been done. There's there's examples of it, and, and, and he, has, he has to work towards it. Um, really just a hardworking, likable kid. I think one of the things Zade uh, hopefully – improved on this summer. I remember last year when, when Torch was doing his, uh, you know, skating torture for the, for the first couple of days, Zade really struggled with that last year. You could, you could see how much he was struggling with the skating side of it. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, because there's a level of conditioning in junior hockey and you, you work hard and you, and you think, and you may be in the best condition of your life, but you might not still be at the, NHL level yet, as you know, conditioning wise. Um, Mason Millman, also, I think, uh, I think he was cramping up on the first day of, of, uh, mm-hmm. of camp last year and just, just like laying, laying on the floor beside, beside the ring. You, you can see these, some of these guys who are used to, used to the junior grind and not used to the professional uh, expectations. I think that was a, that was a good learning uh, experience for Dave. <laughs> uh, I expect him to be with the, the Phantoms this year. Um, Maybe in the bottom sixth, but this 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 is a big year. If he has another year where he's on the AHL ECHL bubble, then then I start to get concerned. For sure, Trav, you got a pretty good picture of. Uh, I guess that was Mason Millman that was laying on the ice. Mine was uh, Michael Huchette. He got cut pretty early. He was a camp invite from the okay. Ramparts. Yeah, that was pretty good. And I think everyone will remember that for I think everybody knows that picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, Bill, we we asked you for 15 minutes. You hung out with us for about a little over half an hour. We appreciate your time. Um, oh, always a pleasure, guys. Obviously, all, all of our listeners. Go ahead. Did you have one more thing there? No, I just I I really appreciate the analysis. I've been following you since you I mean, I know you're still on hockey buzz, but um I think the first prospect I read about was a very brand new Nick Albay Kubel and just the stat <laughs> updates you used to give. I uh, got me in the prospects hardcore. So it's always a pleasure talking for some, uh, some young guys with you. Uh, anytime. I was happy to do it. Thank you, Bill. Uh, Bill, take just care, for uh, take, take everybody. All right. Take care, Bill. All right. Mr. Bill Meltzer, everyone. So there was one thing that I found interesting in there. Cause we had a goalie conversation uh, earlier today, and Sandstrom came up during the conversation with Bill. Uh, this is not me advocating for Sandstrom, but I thought that he kind of got of a he kind of got the raw end of this or the small straw or whatever it was last year. He played in ten of his seventeen or eighteen games. He played in back to backs, and the Flyers were not very good in those games that Sandstrom played in. Sandstrom was zero and ten in the games where he played in back-to-back with the Flyers. Uh, he had a uh, – the Flyers gave up 4.7 goals per game during those starts, and they only scored 2.4 goals for during those 10, 0-10 losses. Now, when Felix Sandstrom had some rest, and the only reason I looked these up was because I didn't think Sandstrom was terrible. Hmm. I mean, he wasn't good, right? So I'll admit that. But when you're watching him, you're watching him play – all kinds of out of position, yada, yada. Like the Flyers were, you know, by the time the second, third period came around, they were getting their butts whooped a little bit. I mean, we're, they were playing teams like the Maple Leafs, the, the Stars, the Panthers, you know, teams like that. Uh, when Sandstrom had rest, he was 3-3. The team was 3-3-2. Three, three, 
They scored uh, three goals per game, which is still on the low side, but only gave up 3.25 goals against. Now, is that coincidence or that stuff really kind of matters? 325 uh, still kind of high, though. It is, but it's a whole goal and a half difference, which, you know, if the team's playing better in front of you, like the Flyers weren't great. Like Carter Hart's numbers weren't that good last year, you know? Um, so I guess my point is while it would be easy to say, yeah, you know, send Sandstrom back to Europe or if he's the odd man out or whatever. What if for me, I guess for me, when I look at how bad the team was last year, I'm not hard on Sandstrom. I just look at Ursa. I'm like, yo, he, we might have something. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and that, so I'm not going to like hate on Sandstrom. I just look towards the guys who did like really step up and Ursa definitely shined. Um, yeah, he, he did. He he did, but like he didn't. He wasn't playing. So I'm just there I, was I'm a discrepancy in strength of opponents. I'll give you that. So, but also, like we talked about putting a guy in position to succeed, right? Oh, and yeah. we talked about that with with Bill. Like, all right, Sandstrom's he's he's probably not an NHL starter. So let me just get that out of the way. <laughs> but you're tossing it. All right. So I guess maybe you want your backup to be a guy that can steal you games in back. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I think he's kind of the life I of think, a backup. I think his ceiling is Anthony Stolarz. Me, like, I don't even, I, I'm not trying to say, you know, Felix Sandstrom is legit this good, this good, this bad. I'm just feeling. saying like, I don't know if he reaches it. <laughs> maybe this isn't a guy that we just kick to the curb. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we might, yeah, we might have to, if we have too many, cooks in the kitchen with goaltending, but I understand. And what you were going for was raw deal or short end of the stick. I, you yes. compared him. Yeah, that's it. The raw stick. I like that. Right. I mean, obviously <laughs> you're going to start Carter Hart in the games that, you know, you think potentially and you, you want to start him in the first game of back-to-backs. So you want to get that win. And then, you know, maybe you try to steal a point the next night against whoever, like the Flyers weren't supposed to be good. I'm just saying, if you want to break down some stats to me, a whole goal and a half, pretty significant so that that's my sandstrom stat we can move on i don't want to make that a whole thing I, I don't i don't think that was just you know stats and tossing them out there i think there was something there definitely worth keeping around i just hope that if he is a guy who winds up in let's say the ahl i hope he shines because that's a much better team down there so if he can if he is the one playing there or if he does play and split in time with peterson or whatever uh, i do hope that he shines and proves to us that either he can get back on the roster and they'll probably move him at that point, which would be fine. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I would rather find out than just get rid of him. For sure. And I, I guess that's all, that's all my point is you got him for one more year, see what he really is and then, you know, move on or whatever. I think also it's just, it's so hard to evaluate a goalie on a bad hockey team with a bad defense in front. Yeah. Um, um, comments are on fire tonight, aren't yeah. they? Comments got me a little distracted <laughs> on that one. Yeah, this um, this almost got me when Bill was talking about Rubsov. TF, yeah, I, I made was me bust out that one. Oh my god, I was like, Yep, <laughs> this one, look away. Teddy. But, uh, I might have to suspend you for this. And we're we're a Rush Joy fans, is actually her I'll body, pay his but... fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jack will pay your fine. I, it was too good, I just it was too funny. <laughs> Um, all right, can uh, continue there. Sorry, I just um, lost my train. Yeah, like of it, it's just it's so hard to evaluate a goalie on a bad team with a bad defense in front of them. Um, 
but like Bill kind of talked about it, like the guy lets in like at least one bad goal a game. Like you don't see that from even NHL backups that often. Like it's usually, ah, it's backdoor tapping. Ah, it's a breakaway. Ah, two on two on one odd man rush. Like the guy just let in way too many bad goals for my liking. And I don't know, like you kind of look at Carter Hart and his base stats are pretty crap too. It's, it's hard to evaluate goalies on bad teams. At the same time, Carter Hart's advanced statistics are pretty good. Um, Felix's are not. Um, and then, yeah, Jack kind of mentioned it. Like, Erson just kind of came in and proved, like, he's a lot better than Sandstrom. And <laughs> yeah, I, I look a couple yeah. years ago, and, um, like, th- this guy, it sounded like he was going back to Sweden. Like, the guy couldn't get a, a deal from the Flyers. There was no other league interest, like, that's I don't a good know. point. If, if, you, if you remember, it's almost like when the Fedotov stuff happened, um, yes. it was like they turned around and signed Sandstrom. It was like, oh, we figured it out. He signed. I thought he was gone for a while there. I thought yeah, that's gone. what it sounded like. So, and I, yeah. I was okay with coming in to the season this past season with Sandstrom as the backup because we knew the Flyers weren't going to be a good team. There's no point in spending money on a, a veteran backup. I'd rather see this kid play, see if we have anything in him. In my opinion, we don't. We'll see what happens. Maybe he's with the Phantoms this year. That's what I lean to, but that's my thoughts. I mean, if he's with the Phantoms, I think that's ideal. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I think you should have, if if Hart is here, Hart and Ursan, I don't know what you do with Fedotov. I, I just, I have no idea. He's a seventh round draft pick who we only like pump up because he seemed like he was going to be pretty good for where he was drafted. And then everything else happened. And it was like, whoa. And we've just been following that story forever. So I really have and he hasn't played and he's out of shape. I have no effing clue what's going on with this guy. I feel if he does come over and he's committed to being with the Flyers, it's going to be a slow grind to get wherever he, they think he's fits best. And Peterson's looking more. And if that is the case, Peterson is looking more and more like a buyout candidate. Unless he lights the world on fire, which do we really see that happening? Like, I mean, it'd be great, but you know, with the two years of five mil, you know, you finish out this year, buy him out. Like that makes sense. You got all these other guys, you got other guys in Russia as well. Like, I'm all about, if you can fit him in and see what you got, do it. Um, But I'm not going to expect much. And I, Jim, at the end of the day, I think you are right. Like, he definitely wasn't given any favors and I can't get on him too much for giving up like the, a, a bad goal per start, which sounds bad, which it is. But when you consider the season we had, I mean, Jesus Christ, I mean, it don't get worse than that. So, so yeah, I mean, why not see what you have? It, hopefully they could put him in a better position to win, which I think it makes more sense for him to play with the Phantoms. If that's what happened to him last year, well, let him play with a more structured, better team, at least, talent wise you would think with the phantoms and if then he can prove himself well then maybe people start to get back on the train and give him a shot could be could be i'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep sticking up for him i just so i just was like hey you know what let me look up how he did in all in his starts and i found these stats and you know it is what it is if he's not here i'm not gonna lose sleep but i look, just wanted Jim. to point out hey this this guy was not put in the right positions Jim, I can't not- tell you how many of us podcasts across the nation, everybody, they talk in generalities. Context is key. Yeah. Context <laughs> is key. So, like, if you take that into consideration, I'm all for giving him another go. Absolutely. Right. Why not? What do you have to lose? Especially exactly. season like this. So, and exactly. Ted, 
Teddy, we're all Teddy's still going off. Keep him coming. Keep him coming, buddy. <laughs> if, my other thing was if the goal, because we want the Flyers to improve, but and they're not actively tanking, but I think we want them to finish bottom five again, bottom three. Like we want one of these defensemen. We want sure. all. We want Celebrini. So like if Ersan, let's say Ersan does start out the season as goalie. Sure. He, if hard is not here, Ersan is your best goalie. If the flyers are going to be bottom five, what is a season like that going to do for Ersan? Right, because if goaltending, if like Bill mentioned with Frost, if a lot of it's confidence, if he's getting, in, and I, I talked about this with Hart too back when the Flyers stunk. I mean, they still stunk, but <laughs> if they're getting their asses whooped, pounded in every other game, <laughs> what does that do for Urson? Like, what? Are, how is he benefiting from that? It's a very tough way to develop a goalie. I look at the same thing with Cam York. Like, if he's if he ends up playing top pair against other teams first line and the pucks in the back of his net, every other shift, like that's not going to be good for the goalies, the young defensemen, whoever. It it's feels tough. bad it's when you tough. give up goals. Look, I know they're not. Did Jack freeze? Did we, or... I think we lost Jack. Oh. Uh, I, everything froze in my back. Yep. Yeah, we got it. Jesus Christ, dude. I got the house is paid for. I just got to get there. Okay. And I'm just <laughs> going to turn around. All right. Um, but like, and I do agree with that comment. Yeah, to an extent. I like that. <laughs> yeah. However, yeah, the other hard. thing I was going to add to that was if things were looking really bad, they got to sit Ursan down and be like, look, you pulled your groin. No, I feel fine. No, no, no. You pulled your groin. <laughs> like yeah, what the and, Dodgers do with their pitchers. I'm, it, it, it happens everywhere i mean there are cramp guys in the nfl if the team the defense is too tired somebody will go down with a cramp and it's fake i'm just saying it happens you know that's what they do for soccer and they get made fun of for it i don't (laughs) i don't give them an out they do the same thing in football oh they look like they got shot from a sniper in the rafters don't give me that but it's all for the same reason that's another argument yes no i i that's my point and um and then he can come up, he can play with the Phantoms, gain some confidence back, and then maybe jump back in the lineup. But the team, I mean, some I don't think they're going to be any good. They moved on from too much. And Provorov's, yep. his absence is going to be felt more than we realize. I just hope that enough young guys come up and make things interesting. If that's the case, anything is better than two, three years ago when they were getting blown out, 9-1, 8-3, division rivals, all that shit. If they are just competitive, they can still lose. If they just are play, if everybody plays – to their game and somewhat well and in some kind of system, it won't be as bad as we're making it out to be. It'll be okay. Might not get the pick we want, but we'll be in the mix. So they just can't get blown out and that kind of crap. So I, I think it'll work itself out. Well, that's the only thing I'm worried about because it, like, what's the, and we can move on. I don't want to, it's, we're, in, we're over an hour and we'll make this quick. Trav, you said you're on a time crunch tonight. We need to wrap up quick. No, I, I got done what I had to do before. The okay. Um, what besides, I guess, NHL experience, which don't be don't get me wrong, is valuable. What's Ersan missing out? You know, he's he's if he plays out the year with Lehigh, and they made the playoffs last year, so let's assume that they improve. They have, I think, more talent down there this year, uh, especially if. I happen to think Denoye is going to play down there, and 
I also think Forster maybe starts out down there. Mm. Um, that team's gonna, they should be better this year. Why wouldn't we want him to experience that? You know, get his confidence up, get a bunch of wins under his belt, get the save percentage and the goals against average down. Call him up when needed. Like, let's, whoever the Flyers' two starting goalies are uh, to begin the season, Ursan will mix in, in and out of the year. But when playoff time comes for Lehigh, Make sure he's down there for that, obviously. Uh, I just – I see more benefit for him playing with the Phantoms than I do with the Flyers because if if the goal is to not make the playoffs and win the Stanley Cup, what is the rush? It's and it's you- a very good point, but – and someone tweeted at you today, um, a member of the media, a good friend of yours, but um, the Flyers are not tanking. So they want the best goalie in there every night, even if they're bad, right, because I don't – I don't know. I don't think we're going to be a good team. I don't think they think they're going to be a good team. Danny B already kind of said, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs, but they do want to win games. And Sam Harrison's the best goalie they have. So I, I don't know, like even Torts and Danny, they talked very highly on him. Uh, Sam Harrison last year, like oh, this guy, we think he's a top 30 goalie in the NHL already. Hmm. It's pretty good praise for a guy who only played what? 10 games. Yeah. That means he's a starting goalie basically. Right. Yeah, hmm. it's going to be oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it, the goaltending carousel is going to be very interesting. Don't be surprised if, at least to start the season, unless he absolutely shits the bed, that Peterson's on the starting roster. I just I know how these teams operate financially, and sometimes when you're paying a guy a lot of money, you're at least going to give him a shot at the top level. And on top of that, the only thing is the two years of five. Five mil. I can't see that trade that being moved, but if there's a chance you could get something out of him and try, or maybe get somebody to take him down the road or something like that, I could see. I could definitely see him being the backup coming out. It's all going to come down. Hart, the, whatever happens with Hart is really going to, you know, we need that domino to fall because I'm tra- I'm struggling so hard with everything else. Urson, as Melzer said, they signed him not just because they want him in the NHL, because like whatever happens, you're our guy. Like, yeah, we believe in you. So I, I, I good. That's exactly what they should have done. So we'll see what happens with everybody else, but it's going to be really interesting. And I, Hey, the cream will rise. The cream always rises to the top. Ah, great quote. Who said that? <laughs> Macho man, Randy Savage. <laughs> cream always rises to the top. Uh, all right, boys. So I'm sorry. What was that? I was going to say, Bill, Bill had some pretty good stuff to say. Like, I'm glad he agreed with me on the Morgan Frost and the uh, the whole usage thing because that used to really piss me off. And <laughs> hopefully that's in the rearview mirror at this point. Uh, let's get him under contract. But he mentioned Tanner Lazinski, and I'll be honest, I completely forgot about that guy. <laughs> so, like I think next week we're going to do some forward previews of what we think the lines might be, and yep. I completely forgot about Tanner Lazinski. Well, yeah. it's funny the co- the point I made. And I named some players. The first player I should have named should have been Tanner Lasinski. Like, <laughs> I mean, we already mentioned Allison. It should have went Tanner, then Zamula, then whoever. And yeah, I completely forgot about him too because he he's never been here. We just he really hasn't. So wrote it, him it's off. a shame, but it is a shame. It is a shame. Uh, all right. So we had most likely to break out on our list of topics, but let's. Let's save that for next week. We'll do most likely to break out forward, most likely to break out defenseman. We have this whole roster 
uh, preview we're going to do for you guys the next couple of weeks. So are you guys cool with that? We'll save that. Most, yes, likely, most likely breakout. Okay. Um, so we'll wrap up with a couple quick hit topics. We touched on Alex bump earlier. Um, he will, he entered the transfer portal after deciding to leave. What was it? University of Vermont, Trav? Uh, yes. I'm Todd Woodcroft sure was, was fired. Yep. Yep. And there you go. So he entered, he entered the transfer portal sign. He's going to school in Western Michigan next year uh, to play out there. He's following in the shoes of, didn't Wade Allison go there? Yeah. So the Jonesy, the press Keith Jones. Keith oh, Jones. How about that? Interesting. There was an, I think Adder went there too, didn't he? Oh yeah. There you go. There's some connections. I forgot about that. Um, and I guess last topic of the night, it's a little, it's actually, it's very sad. Uh, I was going to say unfortunate, but that's not even the right word to describe. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs prospect Rodion Amarov. How's that, Trev? Beautiful. He did his homework. Unfortunately, passed away uh, due to brain cancer. I think he uh, he's been battling. He was battling that for uh, the last two years. Uh, very very sad story, man. And uh, I'm not going to lie. When when I heard about that, the first thing I thought was, ah, oh, you know, I hope this kid's going to be okay. I hope he's going to get through it. And he kind of forgot about it. And then today, you know, unfortunately, uh, the kid passed away. So uh, he he and his family are uh, in our thoughts and prayers. uh, Just very, very heartbreaking news there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I almost feel bad just kind of sneaking that in. But anything that you guys want to add before we wrap up this episode? We kind of went a little bit over with Bill, but that's okay because he's an awesome guest. Yeah, good interview. Give us some good, good insights. Yeah. I'll just try to make it into something of a good, decent story. It's uh, the prospect passing away. Reminds me of Dertigny when mm-hmm. I was uh, nine years old and having his son at camp was pretty cool, you know, coming around because that was years ago. So to see him at camp and asking uh, former players like Chris Terrian about his dad and all that. So, you know, it's a little good part of the story i guess <laughs> it, it just uh reminded me of that and um oh somebody's agreeing with something i said um you know it's a shame it's it, of course it's toronto i mean it, what else is new first round pick to absolute shame battle had a brain tumor for two years i believe was dealing with it just just terrible yeah it's very sad stuff for sure uh all right before we wrap up we want to thank all of our viewers and listeners, of course, but specifically our viewers, since we are currently on YouTube. Oakland, as always, thank you for hanging out. TF, good to see you again. Eric Wisniewski, we saw you in there. Uh, TF again, TF's comment about the steroids got me, man. Teddy ball game. Uh, Teddy, thanks for hanging out, buddy. We've seen you in here a bunch. Jonathan Nesbitt, two weeks in a row, two-week streak. Thanks Love for your it. comments. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Uh, yes, Cheripanov, uh, Jonathan's comment here yeah cherry of another russian first round who passed away very sad stuff hopefully we have uh some more exciting topics hopefully the feet atop situation is resolved hopefully the hard stuff is resolved and we could just talk about the flyers projected lineups next week is there anything important next week uh no right nothing's coming up frost maybe we'll sign we could stop talking about that Kale mccarr on the new nhl cover I'm a car on the new NHL good choice. cover. I hate to say it's a good choice. It was either it was between him and Meechkov, from what I read. <laughs> Not Nolan Patrick. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's on the East. Love you, Patty. Cover. 
<laughs> he listens. He does listen. So shout out to Nolan Patrick. Uh, all right, boys, let's uh, wrap this show up. Don't forget, boys and girls, in two weeks, we'll be doing our Jersey raffle. Uh, make sure you go submit your raffle tickets. Don't forget to tag us on Twitter with your screenshots. Uh, four, four tickets for subscribing on YouTube. Four tickets for subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Two tickets for uh, sharing on Twitter. Or you can buy 10 tickets for, uh, for five bucks uh, at our Venmo at Flyers HW on everything. Uh, there's one more thing I wanted to say to you guys, but I don't remember what it was. I'll tweet it or something. So, all right, everybody have a good night. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Need a little. Chico rest. <laughs>